Hey, welcome back. This is Colin Keeley here. And I'm Brent Sanders. And we are two guys buying and building wonderful internet companies. Uh, so this is uh, week two, owning Blink Sale, and we had, have some analytics work to do. So Brent, you want to kick it off? Yeah. So you got the new site up, which looks great. It's on Webflow. Looks really nice. But as we've been going through, we've been like more so concerned with like, okay, what are the, you know, what do the customers look like? And we did talk about this on, on last week's podcast, which was, you know, I got to dig into the database and I, you know, joined a bunch of tables together and got a sense for like, who's been on it, what's, you know, what they've been using it for. And this is for the, the classic version, which a, a gentle reminder, we have two versions of this product, which, you know, is a, a major thing on our roadmap to kind of solve for. But we wanted to kind of set, get a sense for what people are doing with the product, how they're using it, what their businesses are like, how many invoices they send, what the dollar amounts are like. And so we, I feel like we have an understanding of that now much better than, than before. And now it's kind of like this question of, you know, we see money coming in. We have pretty good analytics through Stripe, but we have two payment providers. We have, you know, some analytics in the product, but not, it's not super strong. It's like, I know, you know, if we want to have an outcome on this business or even just like understand our track record on this business, we need to set up some good dashboards. So we've been talking about like, would it be nice to set up like a daily email, like a digest that, you know, we could build a bot that goes and gets data from different places. But I'm really starting to think we just need to bite the bullet and maybe choose an analytics platform, integrate with it and actually like have our numbers in one place. But again, we don't really want to touch our old product. So it's like, it, it, it I don't know, it, it makes it a lot more difficult when you have this sort of legacy product that you're, you know, I'm not afraid to touch it. We, we have deployed to it, but yeah, I, I don't really want to deploy to it. <laughs> yeah. So the, like Stripe is great. And there's a bunch of, I think, analytics programs that integrate with Stripe and you could have pretty charts and everything. The problem is that we have this whole other one. Payments are going to NCR. And I, I think I was there on, like we we're on a call. The first time you logged into NCR, it's like, it's not working. Nothing's loading. It's not working. And I explained that you actually just have to wait a minute for like yeah. all those numbers Oof. to start populating. So it's brutal. Like, like you could go in every morning and check stuff, but it's not a little bit of work. It's like quite a bit of work to try to get any kind of analytics out of there. Yeah. And I'm wondering if like, that's just going to be kind of how it is. And then, you know, it's got to be better than that. Right. Cause we, we want to be able to understand both products, customers understand, you know, like, we're going to start migrating people too, which is another big topic. It's like, Hey, we want to match their, their pricing. So we don't want to raise their, their monthly fees. If they were on, you know, we want to grandfather anyone who's on a, a lower price plan or whatever it was set up as make sure that they're happy and then understand, you know, that's going to also look like if we do it in a kind of unthoughtful way, it'll look like, Hey, we, we churn somebody out of one program and then we've added a customer when really we, it was, you know, a customer carried over. So we need to be really thoughtful about that because I think it'll, it'll, we'll know it, but I think a year from now, if we wanted to make the case for, um, you know, selling a business or raising more money or whatever it is, I don't know what the plan is, but just having like a very clean track record of metrics, I think it's really important to get this stuff right in the beginning. Yeah, that's a, a good point. So uh, when I set up the new Webflow site, we have login for classic and login for the current version. And for a classic, I threw up basically a interstitial 
where it says, hey, click here to log in for Classic. And did you know, like, there is a new version. And if you want to migrate over, you know, send us a message and we're happy to do that for you. And we recommend doing that. So we're like building up a list of folks that we, we do have to migrate over. And yeah, it would mess up all our analytics, I imagine. Yeah, I think it'll mess up our analytics. And I'm just trying to think like, even just, I guess there's two objectives. One, it's like day-to-day -day how much cash is coming in. And we get these emails from like Stripe and Brex and NCR that's like, we know there's a pipeline of cash, but it's like, who are these people? Like, is, is this going to be lumpy? Is this a monthly? Is this a yearly? It just doesn't feel like we have a good handle. The good news is, is there is cash. So that's great. But the, the like, who do we attribute it to? And like, in the future, we're going to start doing marketing, understanding where are those, what, how are those channels working? And I think that's going to be the, the next like more tactical question is like, okay, we, uh, we're going to start running content. We're going to start posting in different places. We're going to probably do some ads and understanding, you know, ad performance is one thing, but then just the overall, like what's driving revenue is going to be something we're going to likely, you know, work up to over the next year here. And yeah, we want to be able to have really clear visibility. So I've, it begs this whole question of costly SaaS reporting tools, which I've had, you know, I've helped so many startups get these programs up and running and then they like pivot and then they throw it out and then do it again. I've never really seen somebody like stick to one. But then again, I haven't worked on a ton of like later stage businesses where, you know, usually the later stage businesses that I've worked with already have this set up and are like, this is the way we do it. And, but using things like what bare metrics is one that's out there. I've used uh, a thing called glue in the past, but that's more so for like product based and in, in like tangible product, like Shopify stores. But yeah, do you have I, a favorite just, like, one. Like bare metrics, is that your favorite? No, no. I mean, that's the thing is I've seen a whole bunch and I've just, you know, I've seen them all like partially implemented where they, they get abandoned after a while. And I've, uh, I would say mixed panel is the only thing I've used and more so for like customer behavior. And it really, I, I don't think mixed panel last time I used it did a great job of like understanding the numbers and like which channels are working and how things are converting. I'm sure you can, you could probably use Google analytics to do all this stuff, but I just don't, I've never seen it done that well. Yeah, it does seem like so many of these companies pop up. I've known a number of founders that did it for like a few years and then shut the company down. I, it must be an ultra competitive space. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard. I mean, so the the steps that we would have to do on both Classic and Next to like integrate one of these platforms is to, you know, wire up all these hooks to send like when somebody does something, like if they cancel, if they, I mean, on Classic, you can't subscribe. That was the one thing we did this week is deployed that chain. So you can no longer uh, sign up for classic, which should have been done a long time ago. But, you know, when somebody churns or some, you know, credit card expires and we have some of that stuff going to customer IO. Yeah. We would have to like dive into this app and like make a bunch of changes and we'd have to do it on next as well on our, our more modern product. And it's like, it's a big commitment. Right. And so I think there's even been, I forget. I, I think there's been some other players in this place. Maybe it's, is it segment or signal? One of those where like all they are is that middle layer. It's like you send them all this information and then you can plug in your different tools because they know like you're just going to, you know, you're either going to subscribe to multiple tools that do different things, but getting that like data layer of transactional and customer information that like you need to ship off to somebody, they just handle that. And then you can sort of plug in different vendors. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think of the next steps here? 
I, I don't know. I mean, I think taking a tour, doing a, like a vendor selection might make sense. I definitely think, you know, one of the questions is Stripe's analytics is, is actually pretty good. It's like, I would, I mean, they have really nice cohort. We're using Stripe subscription. So we do get a really, like in my mind, a pretty complete picture for our purposes of like, where's revenue coming in? How long people are staying? Churn, cohorts, like we're getting all that with Stripe and we're not having to pay extra for it. So part of me thinks like, we just need to get over to Stripe as soon as possible. And then on Classic, we just need to figure, I mean, I think maybe that's the the project is we try to figure out how we can establish those metrics on uh, Classic. And so, you know, maybe that's going back to NCR and saying, hey, you know, we, <laughs> is there a trick to your dashboard? Like, it would be great if I could just run a bot through the analytics, right? If we could build a bot that goes and pulls information, then we could somehow tie that back to what's in the database. I don't have to touch the code base. That would be cool. Otherwise, I think the other thing without touching the code is just working directly with the database, which I think we could do. We could run like a daily report and try to decipher. It's just going to be really hard as compared to like sending signals to a you know, platform that expects this information or, or something like Stripe where it's like we're golden. So I guess my sense in the short term is don't do anything on our modern platform and, and try to come up with some database reporting or regular database reporting, which I think they're there already is kind of a reporting platform that was put together. It's just maybe maybe revisiting that and trying to use it and then combining those two things. But I think step one is just trying to get some sort of signal from the, the older system. So Stripe is good and it has like basically all the analytics you could want. Is it crazy to keep the old classic running and just move all those people onto Stripe for payments? That's a good question. I, I think that would necessitate a pretty substantial change to the way billing works. And if I recall, like the billing system, I think the way that the old system works is like there is a classic subscription system. And that's what I think uh, it runs on like its own sort of timing versus Stripe. Like you're more so setting people up on Stripe and Stripe's handling the the timing of everything. So it would be, but that's not a terrible idea, honestly. I mean, because that's the struggle we're having right now, right? right? We could decide to just move everyone over. I think that's what the previous owner wanted to do. They just wanted to like move everybody over, charge them the new price, which I think is a terrible idea, but it it made everything easier, right? It was like easy. It's like, all right, right, everyone's paying $15, even though people have been on the platform for 10 years and been paying 12 or nine or something, if they have a deal. So I think that's pretty cruel to do or just cannibalizing your, your, your loyal customers. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it, that is worthwhile of entertaining, you know, that as a concept. However, like the idea of touching that code base is is risky. I think that's the only thing is the risk and associated with touching. And, and that being said, we did do a deployment and it runs. It's just like you just run into a handful of issues. But, you know, maybe that's maybe that's the thing. Maybe we need to just start whispering legacy code and get those problems figured out. And then, yeah, I mean, that's a a viable solution. Cause then if people really do like classic, it kind of removes uh, any migration issues. Cause one of the issues we were just talking about yesterday with migration is we got to get those credit cards over, which NCR has to send them directly to Stripe that we, you know, we don't store the credit cards, we don't touch them. And so we'd have to time that. So I'm wondering if it does make sense to do that way. That that's actually a really good idea, Colin. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Maybe, Uh, maybe a good idea. Yeah, I don't know how 
uh, involved it is. The one weird thing was so I was trying to do in due diligence, like making sure the you know financials and the user numbers and everything match up. And one thing that came up is uh, the subscriptions are hard coded as 31 days. So people don't get charged every month. They get charged every 31 days, which makes the numbers never match up. They're always like a little different than they're supposed to be. Um, so I guess you do the math like that is a, a few percentage point improvement in payments because they're paying you every, I don't know what an average month is 30 days instead of 31. Yeah. Yeah. That's not great. <laughs> but I mean, this is part of the deal. This has been the, to me, what makes this an interesting project. I mean, this is like, and I think why we're a good fit for it. Cause there are some technical challenges. This isn't just like an existing. And I think why the prior owner had so much issues with it. It was, and again, we don't really know much of that, but obviously it, it you know, they wanted out from under it. And I think it wasn't just like a cash generating business that had no, no technology issues. This has like a story and a uh, legacy software issues, which are, I think there's just, I mean, obviously with my, you know, formulated work when we're talking about automation, that was the big kind of tie in there is that there's just going to be like this legacy software, increasingly like legacy software problems like this, where it's like, yeah, this was written in so-and-so and it's also been rewritten, but it wasn't finished migration and everyone's afraid to touch it. So the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, we just have to bite the bullet and like get comfortable with the, the older code base and turn it into something we're not afraid to touch. Cause I think otherwise then it's just a big ass liability. And I think we're just gonna be, yeah. Uh, yeah, so like the hard opposite side would be you know, churn isn't that bad on classic You know, people seem to be happy or they're paying and not using it. And like, you could just basically ignore it if you wanted, treat it as effectively a, a diminishing annuity and focus on, you know, the next, like the, the modern version and just, you know, let the, let it run its course on the classic side. Yeah. I think you're eventually like, it's an annuity that it's like a term life insurance, right? It's like, not quite an, like, sure. It's going to, it just has an expiration there. And I don't know what that date is, but eventually we're going to get an email from like the host that's going to say, Hey, we're, we're not going to, you know, support this version of, you know, this platform, or you've got to upgrade this, or there's, you know, there's something that's going to have to happen. And that's just the way technology kind of is. And you see this, I always go back to the COBOL, examples of like the unemployment checks that were trying to go out during COVID and they couldn't get COVID checks out to people because of these old mainframes and nobody migrated. And I think that that thinking is definitely an option and we could, you know, just push on next. And, but I think the, the healthiest thing to do is to upgrade everybody gradually, smoothly. And I think, I think you actually nailed it. The more I, I think about this, like move everybody's stripe right away and then they can migrate gracefully over time. Like, I think that actually is a much more compelling way of doing this. And then we're, we're making our customers, I mean, it's the happiest path for customer experience, which I think is our, should be our priority. Yeah, it, it is like a solid app and people are very happy with it and continuing to use it. So I like that. Not rocking the boat too much in like week two here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. Week two, we're, we're doing a rewrite. Turn it over. Yeah, I think that's this is this is the challenge, right? It's so I'd love to solve this within this first month is like get our numbers figured out so we can start at least tracking them internally and or at least put a roadmap together. And I think uh, let's report back. I can't wait to record this next week and and we'll see what happens with this stripe thing because now I'm I'm hot on this idea and want to track it down. Well, good. Hopefully, it's not everything's on fire. <laughs> it was a disaster, but 
Uh, that's good to hear. Uh, yeah, other successful stuff on my end. I finally won, wore down Zendesk, and we're able to you know not pay them anymore and break our kind of insane agreement that was got it into by the previous owners. Um, so that was a pretty big win this week. And then I'm really excited to get started with content. I'm going to start high. We've been talking with agencies. Uh, they're rather expensive. Like maybe it's worth investing in, but I'd like to try to build that capability in-house. So I'm going to start looking at hiring writers and putting some content out on the site. Cool. Yeah. I brought you one of the agencies I work with. I have a, a candle brand that I kind of run as a side business, as a side hustle that, you know, I don't put enough time into. And part of that was just, you know, hey, bring an agency into to run the content. And so uh, it's interesting to see their approach. And I got to see, you know, firsthand, how did they operate, which has been interesting. And yeah, I, I do think it's like, if we want to do this again, if we wanted to, let's say, uh, acquire another business, run this as like a playbook. I think you're right. We have to have this as an internal resource. It's, it's like being a, and I think I said this on to you before or on a prior podcast, it's like having, you know, you're, you're a San Francisco startup tech startup and you know, your, your tech team's an agency. It's like, no one's going to give you money. That's a terrible idea, right? It's like, you, you have to have, you know, the thing you're going to be best in the world at, or at least one of those things has to be in-house. Yeah, it's a mix. Uh, I think a lot of other private equity firms do use like a SaaS uh, growth agency. And I don't know if it has a super close relationship with the firm, like it was actually started by the same people, which right, is basically what it. Wilkinson does. <laughs> yeah, a tiny. Um, you take outside clients as well. But yeah, I mean, I would prefer to do it. And I know the playbook. So, you know, just it's going to be a little painful hiring the right people to start. But then, you know, once it's going, it should be going. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah. Anything else you wanted to cover? Otherwise I'm all set. No, no. I'm going to go look into the, uh, classic docs and see what it's going to take to, uh, integrate Stripe. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening.